Hello and welcome to another episode of 6060. I'm your host Reese, and we're going to jump straight back into the conversation. Without further ado, let's hop right in. So I guess it's, a, it's almost like a lovely segue now to China um, break down exactly what salvation actually is. Like if someone were to ask you what that is, uh, how would you articulate that in a very comprehensive way? Salvation, right. You know, and so after, 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 after cough, <clears throat> I would say it in a very similar way um, that the scripture probably would say, you know, salvation is acknowledging and accepting Jesus Christ as the Son of God who came into this world, was crucified, resurrected, ascended back into heaven, and he has he has certain um, attribute and virtues that's been demonstrated in his life and in the life of his apostles. And 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 my salvation is emulating the things that Jesus Christ has done in spirit and in truth, not falsely, not pretentiously, but doing it. In the in the in 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 the truth of the Holy Spirit, not pleasing myself, not for my own glory, but um, but 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 for the glory of God and for His righteousness. So 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 I, in in a you know in a kind of a way, speaking off the top of my head, that is a kind of a way that I would say that's what salvation is. You know, it it, it is it is um it is accepting everything about the Lord Jesus Christ and be and and following odd after it following it it's salvation is you know I, I you know i will question a man's salvation if he not have no hunger and thirst after god <laughs> you know, mm. how can you how can you be saved are you not thirst after the water of, after after jesus christ that, that that's not possible you know so when you when you when you when when you say when you when you really find god you will you will hunger, you will thirst, you will want to know about him. You'll want to be like him. You'll want to do the things that he wants you to do. And if you don't have those um, inclination in you, you know, well, well, what vine are you in? You know, what, you can't be in the vine because the vine take, take drink and nourishment from the tree, you know. So so if you're in the tree, you will, you, you, you know, you will, you will be, um, you'll be worshiping the tree. You know? I was going to say, Emily, did you want to drop something in? Yeah, I'll, I'll reiterate. Because you mentioned Naomi, I was talking to her, um, asked her to share with the group, the Sunday school class, what why she made that decision and um, um, to get baptised. And for me, it's like, and I said, it's the same thing. That's what salvation is. It's that realisation that, or that acceptance of Jesus is my Lord now. Yeah. So, so I look at my whole uh, experience in church and, you know, growing up in at a time when um, the church used to minister to children, you know, yeah. in a different way to how they yeah. do now. You know, yeah. there's not really much ministering to children. There's, you know, keeping them occupied. But, they, yeah. you know, we had children's church. They used to preach to us. 
you know, we used to have prayer meetings and everything. And the amount of times I put up my hand, desperate to be saved from hell, basically. Mm. Mm. I knew, but I lived with that guilt. I lived with that fear all my childhood. I was always scared of dying. I was always scared of the rapture because I just, I was not confident that I was going to make it. And I just, I always used to think, oh, what if I've done something wrong and I haven't repented and Jesus comes back before I repent. And my whole childhood was fear, 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 fear. Everything used to scare me um, because I feared eternal wrath. And it was a moment when um, it was in a tent meeting and it literally was, I'm going to follow Christ. Like, I am 100% going to follow Christ. I don't know what happened, but in that moment, I said, he is my Lord. Mm-hmm. Nothing else is going to mm-hmm. come between me. I am 100% committed to him. And mm-hmm. I've never changed since then. Yeah. So, so many times I said, yes, I'm going to, you know, yes to the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. And people said, oh, you're saved now, you're saved now, you're saved now. But it was that moment when I know I was actually saved. Something happened within me that it wasn't just a desire to say, yes, I want to follow Christ, but it was a commitment. I am actually going to follow Christ in my decisions. Everything that I do is going to please, it's going to please God. You know, whatever the repercussions are, I'm going to please God. I'll give up anything in this life to please God. And it, it literally happened in a moment. Yes. And I've, and it's always been there. That conviction has always been there. So I know the difference between being saved and not, and being religious, I guess, mm, or yes. being raised in a Christian environment and actually becoming a Christian. Yes. I, I can see the difference. And I feel, so that's what, that for me, Jesus is my Lord. That yes. means he's in charge of my whole life and my whole life needs to be lived out to glorify him and that that's how I live my life and I can't not live my life that way because that is my conviction so um for me that's what salvation is he's literally changed my whole being yes and I'm a different person now and I can't I can't not be that person I just am even when it's hard and sometimes I feel like I don't really want to be that person because it's too hard and it would be nice yeah. to have a few weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't, no, I have no. to. Jesus yeah. is Lord yeah. of my life. Yeah, and, and, and it, 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 listen, this is what I was saying to Sister, Sister Edwards on Sunday. I said, Sister Eddie, Jesus Christ has offered you something and it's hot. You can't hold it with your hand, it's too hot. You know, it's too hot. You need help to hold it, and God gives you that help. <laughs> you mm. know, and, and that's it. So, so, so you're right, Emily. You know, sometimes, and the more that you have to stand out against the wickedness that is around us, or even in church, praise Him. You know, even in church, sometimes you have to stand up against um, things that you know, um, goes against your spiritual grain, you know, and, 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 and you won't get uh, much praise. You will, you'll, be look, you'll be looked upon like, oh, it's that Alfred again, you know, uh, that no-haul or whatever, whatever the word might, might be, you know. Um, but there are things that I do have deep-seated conviction about, and I know that I will, I know not, not everybody who holds them, 
and I, you know, and I know it won't make me popular, but I'll hold in them until I die. Because as I said to you, brother, I hold them until I die, unless God show me something different. Mm. You know, I, you know, and God can show me something different through through through, through a prophet Nathan. Yeah, you know, um, but um, but but we gotta remember at the end of the day. Every man has got to work out his salvation with fear and trembling. And, and I keep on explaining to people, why does the Bible, why does the apostle say, work it out with fear and trembling? Why not just work it out? But with fear and trembling, because it is so easy to do the wrong thing, make the wrong decision. So you've got to pour, pour over it to make sure you tremble. You, you can, you, it's like, it's like a man going to marry a woman, you know, and this is some of the thing now, if me never get married again, you know, Reese, I'll be trembling. Mm. I would be trembling. I would, I, I don't think I was trembling when I got married, but I think if I was going to get married again, I'll be trembling because, because, uh, because, because there's so many things that, um, that you have to be careful with. You got to walk gingerly. You got to do this. You, gotta, you know, it is, it is a trembling thing because, you know, it's so easy to, um, to, to, to upset one another and blah 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 and all kind of thing like that you know and and you don't want to be guilty of upsetting anybody Reese you don't mm. you, if Katrina is upset you don't want it really to be you that caused her to be and when I say upset I'm talking upset spiritually now yeah mm. because everybody will be upset that's in some way or the other but I'm talking upset her in the spiritual context that affects her 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 her, 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 her stance or her, relationship in the Lord. So you wouldn't, you and I wouldn't want to want to upset anybody to cause them to um, stray, fall back, um, doubt God or anything like that. So, so we have to, we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling that we're doing the, making the right decision before God, because we can't be going back and say, God, I'm sorry, I'm God, God, forgive me, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm a fool, God, I'm a, and every day, every day, it's a repeat of the same thing, there's, there's one step forward and 50 step backward, I don't think, that, that, I don't think that's what, I'm not saying that's so a we can't, um, we can't um, make mistakes and do things silly and things like that, but if, if, if every single day of our life, we make one step forward and 50 steps backward, my God, we've got to begin to ask, well, where is God in my life? Not where is God, but where is God in my life? Probably I need to really, really reevaluate and, uh, and seek him afresh. Yeah. You know, so, we, so there's this element of fear and trembling because we are we are dealing with the in, immortal, invisible God where the Apostle Paul said it's a terrible thing to fall outside of God, to fall afoul. He said to fall, to fall in the hand of God, but I'm just giving it my own spin. You know, it's a terrible thing to be in conflict with God so that God becomes my enemy and God becomes not looking for my good but but look but, but but seeking like he was doing seeking to kill um to kill what is the um ahab you know we, we you know it's a terrible thing to fall in the hands of god you know and, and that is me, that what that means is that i have become so contrary to god that i am in opposite i've almost become like a, like an antichrist 
you know, you know, you know, with, with God. So I fall in the hand of God. I'm under judgment, basically, because that's what that's what he means to fall in the hand of God. It's on, you're now under judgment of God because of your your wickedness or your wicked ways or whatever. So we need to work out our salvation so carefully and and and, and um, carefully and respectfully and and in truth and in the spirit and truth, as Jesus said. You know, because that is that is it. And I think that's what the apostle mean, you know, work it out with fear and trembling, work it out in the spirit, in truth and in the spirit. You know, not pretentious, not conceited, not semi-religious do good, not um super supercilious and 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 them sanctimonious, but genuinely, you know, um have the heart that is desiring to please and serve God and to honor and glorify him, you know, and that is working it out with fear and trembling. So that a little bit like Job, you know, the Bible says that, you know, and I'm not so sure how much I do it or anybody else do it, but, you know, the Bible says concerning Job, Job feared God, wonderful. And then he does something else on top of fearing God. And the other thing that he does, I think it's directly related to the fact that he feared God. He eschews evil. He flees. It's eschewing evil in, in Job is, is a deliberate, conscious, intentional desire, decision, move to walk in the opposite direction of evil. He eschews it. You know, it's a little bit like... like um, like, like um, Ezra and um, uh, and um, what's his name again, Reese? Oh, Ezra and Eli. Ezra yeah, and yeah. Eli. I can just imagine them now, right? You, you and Katrina taking them for a walk, and of course, by this time in their in their development, they know what dog poo is, isn't it? Mm. Right? And I can just imagine them see one big dog dog poo in the, in the way, and I can just see them eschewing it. You know, walking, them now go, we're walking close to it to see how close they can get to it. They must see how far away they can get, get from it, you know, because it's something repugnant to them. And that's Job. He, he feared God and he eschewed evil, you know. And I think that that is that for me is um, is um, working out one's salvation with fear and trembling. You know, you, you ain't t- you're not seeing how close you can go to the precipice. You're seeing how far how far you can you, you you're striving to get as far away from the precipice as possible and not to not to see how close you can go with one foot over and one foot um, on the road no and and i fear that's where some of our young people are with their music and things like that one foot one foot one foot the music is the the music and the singing and things like that is of more value to them than the salvation so the war a lot of them are prepare to take the risk to walk with one foot over and one foot on, you know, and, um, and I tell you, I tell you, and I can say this quite boldly, God, any, and it doesn't have to be music or singing, it can be anything else. God wants us, the decision for him that we make has got to be so absolute that Jesus says, you've got to love me more than your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your wife, your husband, 
your land, your property, and then he boils it down to the point where the devil tried to get God regarding Job, skin for skin, all that a man has he will give for his life. Jesus says, you must even be prepared to deny your own life. You know, and um, and 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 that is, and he said, except you love me more than these things, Jesus said, you cannot be my disciple. You won't end up as my disciple. The end of your days won't be as a disciple of Jesus Christ because you love other things more than me. Or there's no power, there's no equality between the thing you love and and God. God is a jealous God, and he does not share his glory. And his glory is, is what he gives to us, his relationship with us. He don't share it with anything or anybody, you know. And so, um, so we, can't, we can't love God 50-50 and love the... It's got to be diametrically up in opposition. It's got to be like North Pole to South Pole and East to West. That's how, that's how we got to... We gotta, and 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 I'm not saying we we're there, but we need to be aiming there. And this is this is part of the my, my story again, Reese, and my and my challenge to anybody is that we, we might not be there, but we should be aiming. We should see it as an objective to aim for, to be far away from the world view and the world we have seen things and more more see things through the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, so we, so we're supposed to be, as time go on, the, the universe is expanding. As time go on, as our daily walk with Christ goes, our distance between the world should be expanding. You know, we're supposed to be not getting closer to the world, but far and far off so that everything in it become repugnant to us. We come like, we come like lot the things that's going on, vex with righteous spirit, you know. And, and but we gotta those things don't just come automatically. You, we gotta pursue them, we gotta desire them. We got the more we get into God, the more the things of the world will become repugnant. Just like Jesus, I'm going the world has got nothing in me. I find nothing in the world, you know. And it seems so with us. We gotta the closer we get, and the more intense we get with Jesus Christ, the things of the world become very much repugnant. And and you know, and our inhibitions. Our inhibitions for, for ungodliness and unrighteousness doesn't become comfortable. The inhibition don't diminish. The inhibition grows. It should grow. The more we love him, the more we hate the things of the world. And the things of the world I'm talking about are the wicked things, not, 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 the, not the beautiful thing like the sun and the stars and the moon mm. uh, and the animals that play, but the wicked things that men do. And that's the only thing we call wicked. It's the thing that men do. It's not what the planet is doing. Those are natural things. It's the things that men do. That is the wicked things of the world. Because um, I would, chipping on that question, um, like I said, the fundamental thing for me with salvation is um, it's something I've had to kind of like really reflect on um, is the peace with God. Yes. Essentially, it's like the biggest thing with salvation is like the fact that we are enemies before that change happens. Because um, it's in Romans, that makes me think like, because I guess it kind of touches on the things we've talked to or talked about already in the last episodes. Um, but when 
Paul's addressing the Romans, he's referencing the Psalms where he says, like, oh, no one is righteous, no, not one. No one yeah. understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside together. Yes. Um, they've become worthless. No one does good, no one, not even one. It's like the case is like God's had to, because again, it touches on the things we kind of talked about before. It's like, well, do we do the, uh, it's what, on what part do we kind of like, do like the elements of that salvation be? It's like, well, the fact that God has done like a great work, the fact that you, you know, I reminded that before, so like um, that, before that righteousness is accredited to you, that change has had to take place with that, that gift of faith that he gives you. And after that gift of faith is that fruit of repentance. And yeah. then through that fruit of repentance, the fruits of his spirits come through. And the fact that you're, um, you are regarded as righteous in God's eyes because he's, he's, he's justified you through the blood of, through the blood of Jesus. I kind of feel like that. Um, just get overlooked, like we've mentioned. Like we, we can't like you, especially feel like you're pulling that scriptures like that, where it's the case is like you wouldn't of yourself come to a point where you're like, oh, you know what? Understand where I am. I go, what do I need to do to be saved? Sort of thing. It's like it's God that kind of approaches you, and so like through the Holy Spirit, where those things are are worked, and we do very much. You, know, you could yeah, you could label it as a as a miracle because it's. It's an amazing thing that because there's this thing of oh i need to get right with god so i need to do xyz and then once i do xyz then he will approve me and then i can be considered one of his children because i've done xyz so it's almost like a faith via works i mean um um salvation by works but it's very much a faith because if it was by works so like paul went um references abraham i kind of mentioned it before but i kind of went on a different trail the fact that um what like Paul mentions like what did when he's addressing I think it's the Romans again. I might be wrong. I'm mixing up books at, the, at this yeah, point. It yeah. might be Galatians, it might be Galatians, I can't remember. So like, oh uh, what did uh, Abraham do to him be um regarded as righteous in God's eyes? What did he do? Some people would um it'd be the Galatians because they think it's the circumcision. It's like, well, it can't be the circumcision because he got himself circumcised um, circumcised after. Mm. this point so what did he do at that point so god said he was going to do this and he believed that was it yeah. there was nothing it was a uh they call like an uh an empty handed mm. uh empty yeah. but there's nothing he's done on his part for god yeah. to regard him as righteous yeah. but then all these yeah. other things that followed on afterwards and it's yeah. like that yeah you can't when you can you get to the point it's just like you know what and i'm guilty i'm guilty of it of myself like you spend years and years trying to um if I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this, and God will accept me. Or if I do these things in church and these things are going on, God will accept mm. me. And then I'll finally be able to, in this case, it's like, no, you can spend your entire life doing that. And if you're doing that, then you've missed the beauty of the gospel message. And if you're struggling mm. with the fact that also there is actually nothing I can do mm. outside of what has happened on the cross that allows me to have peace with God, and then we're grappling with that is that well you're actually getting quite close to the the complexity and the beauty of what salvation is or what am i being saved from so well you've been saved from the fact that um because if it was a case of your salvation was like yeah again i i may as well let paul do all the talking at this rate it's like if you if you earned your salvation then your salvation isn't a gift it is what's due to you 
it's just like I, I like the analogy that I've I've been hearing quite often this um over this past year is like oh like if I were to uh whip my socks off for an entire month at work and then my manager calls me in and so oh I've got a gift for you it's like oh great lovely what is it and I open the box and it's my wage slip and I'll just be like what's this <laughs> it's like my gift is like no no this isn't gift I earned this because I worked mm-hmm. for you to get this sort of thing we kind yeah. of view salvation the same way in the sense that mm-hmm. if I do these things then I can be saved I need to get right with God before I can be accepted by him it's like no no the it's the cross that has made you right yeah it's like if at any point you're doing work then you completely miss the gospel out and in its entirety because I think that's essentially what um um Paul is kind of getting at with the with the Galatians as far as oh you know they accept yeah. all the things about Jesus but now you just need to introduce these old law things like well if you introduce the law then Christ is of worth nothing to you yeah because you're basing it on um something you must do but then the law was only there to say that to remind you that you you can't do this of yourself I think it's um um it was Jodine in her God is Calling video that reminded me, it's like, oh, like there's like 618 laws that the, um, that the Jews had to follow and they kept breaking them. And they think it's like, oh, well, I can't, they can't be that many. No, it's like, yeah, it's there to remind you. So if I were to try and execute that now, it's like, okay, for the duration of 2021 up until this time next year in 2022, I'm going to try and see if I can, um, uh, fulfill the law in myself. But it's like what you said um, in the previous episodes, um, Alfred, that if I break the one, I've broken all of them. So what yeah. is it, what somebody do to be able to consider the righteous as well? In you and of yourself, there's nothing you can do. Hence the reason why we've had to send Jesus on your behalf to die in your place. So then when you do stand in, um, in front of God, like we all will on Judgment Day, it's not... Um, it's his righteousness, which is the case uh, that's allowing you to be justified in his sight and all the sins that you have done both past, present and future are wiped clean, essentially. Um, but then it does, uh, the, um, but then it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of wrapping your head around the fact that the, the beauty of us being justified through the, through the blood of Christ. But then in trying to get our head around that, the two rebuttals for that are, well, does that mean that I can still sin? Um, but it's like, well, no, why would you, you would, why would, if you were dead in, uh, um, if you were dead in sin, why would you then go back to it, knowing that what the cross has done to remove you from it, like like you said, from the east to the west, why would you then go, oh, now nah, I've got a free license to sin? I think Emily's mentioned it in the past. It's like, well, if you think that you can come to, Christianity and come to Christ thinking, I will accept um, your gift of grace on the basis that it now gives me a license to sin, then you've not grappled the gospel. You've not grasped it at all. It's not transforming in any way, shape or form. Um, mm. um, but then what was the other, the other one is that, oh yeah, the fact that, oh, you have to put some work in in order to be saved. So, well, no, because if that were the case, um, like I've mentioned before, the, the, a lot of people jump to James to say that, oh, he says any old faith without works is dead. So, so clearly you have to do some work in order for you to have the faith in order to be saved and stuff. It's like, no, no, that's the, you're mixing up scriptures because um, 
as I've come to learn today, there's, and it, I can certainly say it's true because I've seen it in my own, like we've mentioned in previous episodes, they've, you've got what is a professive faith and a possessive faith. When you profess a faith, you can say it with your lips, but you actually have nothing to back it up. So you say, oh yeah, I totally believe in Jesus and all this sorts of stuff. Yeah, I've, um, yeah, I totally, yeah, I'm a Christian and such and such. But when you critically analyze everything in my entire life, um, mm. to find proof of that, you don't see it so well. You can't, it's not just, it's not a faith, it's, it's dead faith. And it's just essentially boiled down to wishful thinking. But when you possess the faith, like Emily says, like things begin to change, you begin to bear fruits, you begin to feel as, oh, I actually have victory over this now because Jesus has set me free from this. And um, I can see him working in this thing, um, pushing my life that I struggled with this entire time, but he set me free of that. And I'm now growing in this, I'm growing in that. I'm now um, being able to do this thing and I'm seeing things differently through this and the Holy Spirit's working me on this. When you finally possess it, that's where the change happens but i guess for a lot of us we miss we miss that and we just profess that we um we know uh, that we, we profess that we are christians and we profess that we've had the change um happen mm. in our lives but we actually haven't experienced the possessive side of that that faith yeah. which is quite clear cut through scriptures so again he's gone back to the fact that um jesus knows who um, and well, you know, God the Father knows who's he's elected out to, to see that change um, happen. And you can use, like we said, Judas as a as a perfect example. He's done all the things that um, all the other apostles have done. And from the, if you look at it, if you were to be there as it all unfolded, you probably wouldn't even known, just like the apostles, that he was going to do what he did because it was just because oh, you know, he's, he does this, he does that, but he's one of the twelve, so you would just assume. Mm -hmm that he's one of the ones that are going to go through right to the very end, but that's not the case. But Jesus knew that from the very start, you know, from the very start. And he stressed the fact that he said, yeah, if you, if you don't bear these fruits, if you don't possess this faith, which transforms everything and you, you on the basis of, on the foundation of faith, you then begin to have works that you can reference that because Jesus has done this in me. Here's the proof. Yeah. Um, I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> I had a mic drop moment, I've lost a train of thought. But yeah, it's essentially just like, um... oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I think I know what you're saying in that. For me, it's like, as a Christian, I have laws that I follow. And as a Christian, there are works that I'm doing. I'm purposely doing works mm. because Jesus says, you know, you know, lay up treasures in heaven. You know, I'm purposely following laws, but my attitude, it's the reasons why I do it that is different in that, one, I know that I can't earn my salvation. It, it was a gift, but I want to please God. And so I'm always looking at the law and saying, where am I transgressing in this law? You read through the scripture and you think, oh, am I doing that right? Am I doing that right? But for me, I don't you know when it says there's no condemnation I know that because my heart is God I want to please you and there's going to be things that I'm doing that are not pleasing to you which I'm, I might be ignorant about or maybe I know about them and I'm working on them so I know that I don't have to fear I'm trying my best and I'm not hitting the mark because I'm not perfect 
But in that process of trying to become perfect, your grace covers all my failings. Mm. And I think it's that there's still a law. There's still works that we need to do, mm. but it, it's the it's the attitude of why we do those works. I work, and as in, you know, I do things um, as a Christian where, you know, I, you know, you you do the things that you know you give to the poor, you give to charities, you give your time to people, and it and in those moments when you don't feel like doing it, you're thinking, no, you know. Everything I do has to be pleasing to God. So it's work. He's my boss and I'm working for him. So when I'm at work, my actual job, when I don't want to do it and, you know, the students are getting on my nerves and I'm thinking, oh, I can't be bothered. In my mind, you know, you read the scripture saying everything you do, do to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And that's why I give my best, even Mm -hmm. when I don't want to do it, because I'm not working for my boss. I'm working for God. He's my ultimate boss. Mm -hmm. And he's going to, and, you know, and Jesus, the thing is, and I think, I think this is where you can go down the wrong path in that when you look at what Jesus says, most of his parables are about workers yeah. and, it, and it's about workers missing out. Yeah. And I think uh, as Christians, you can say, oh, I'm saved. And mm-hmm. it's not about works. It's about grace. So I don't really have to do anything. And it's like, have you not seen all the parables Jesus gives about workers not doing what they're supposed to do and mm. therefore basically they end up in hell mm. that's us he's talking to of course so if my attitude is i'm saved so i don't need to do anything i don't need to give my time i don't need to help anybody i don't need to serve god i don't need to put god first because i'm saved mm. then i'm those foolish workers that mm-hmm. lose out mm-hmm. so in my, and i think that's why again um, going back to the scripture but the alfred um, was talking about working out your salvation with fear and trembling I know who God is he's gracious he's loving he's kind but I've mm. seen what he's done to people mm. who disobey him of course and I'm not foolish to think that he won't do that to me mm. I'm very aware that he could do that to me so mm. I, I don't fear him as in I'm like terrified of him but mm. I know that he's not someone to be taken advantage of of course yeah so get the whole concept of God yeah. And yeah. so there is work there is work to be done and I think too many Christians think they don't have to but yeah. when you read the bible you see that yeah there is you know uh, there's, a, there's an expectation of you to do certain things yeah and those yeah. who don't want to do it do you really love God mm. yeah. you know he deserves it he li- mm. even last night I was praying about something where you know um there's things that you can see that there's areas that need work and it's like oh I already do a lot so I don't really want to commit to these extra things but you know there's things that need to be done and you know you can do it to help and it's like god honestly I don't really want to Mm. surely you've seen the things that I do surely I'm allowed to take a break but Mm. it's like my life is not does not belong to me my life belongs to god so Mm. it's not it's not about me it's not about me taking a break it's have you got can you do it? Do you feel a call to do it? Then you've got to do it because you're a vessel. Mm-hmm. That's what I am. I'm a vessel. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to please myself. Mm-hmm. I'm here to give glory to God. And mm-hmm. until, you know, I take my last, my last breath. And that's my convic- That's my strong, strong conviction. And that's what keeps me going each day. You know, 
I know other people might have other convictions and maybe that's my calling. That's the responsibility God's placed on my heart, but that's what it is. It's, so for me, I'm a worker. I'm yeah. a worker in God's vineyard and he expects me to keep working <laughs> all day. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 And, you know, Emily, and even the very end book of the Bible that sums it all up, sums up all that God is going to be doing and that all that he expected of us. You know, um, you read the letter to the to the seven churches. He's talking about work to the seven churches. Um, he's talking about what they should do and doing his work, you know. And then he concludes and say, you know, well, this is how I'm going to reward people. I shall reward every man according to his work. Your work is what you do. It's the hacks. It's the hacks you do, you know. Um, so here's the thing, though, about um, about faith. And um, and this is something that um, I, I really would love to do a teaching on it sometime, you know, on faith. Um, because sometimes you hear um, sinners and everybody talking about have faith, have faith. You know, they're going, to, they're, they're doing something, they're, um, they're, they're going to go for an interview or they're going, I don't know, whatever, they're going into hospital or whatever, and they just say, you know, everything's going to be okay. Have faith. Now, here is my point um, that that faith is like wishing in what the, the sinner would tell us about us believing in God. So it's like believing in a tooth fairy. Yeah. Now, because the own, the own, when you say have faith, um, have faith. If you say, uh, if, if a cinnamon say, have faith in the surgeon, all he's really saying is yield. You can't do nothing for yourself. Yield your life into the hand of the surgeon and see if the surgeon can help you. That's all he said. Just give up and let the surgeon do what he can do. Yeah. Um, and that's what they mean by faith. Yeah. You know, just. Just, you can't do nothing. Just let those who can do it, do it for you. you trust that they, will, that they will have the skills and the fortitude to do what you need to be done. So that kind of a faith is, um, is, is not really faith. Um, you know, um, you got, not, you, you, you got, you got no, 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 no choice but to yield yourself to... to so, so here's the point I'm making. Here is where Christian talk about faith, and this is the different. This is what faith is for Christian. It is not just wishful thinking. Faith only makes sense because there is a a mover behind your hope or trust. If there is not a God behind there, your faith is. It's it's in vain. So the only thing that makes faith purposefully sensible is because there is a God there who is capable of doing the thing that you desire to be done. So that is faith. You are having faith in something real, something 
incredible, something capable of bringing the impossible into being. So, 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 um, so this is the this is the, this is the thing with um, with let's say go back to um, Abraham. So Abraham believed. Abraham Abraham um, start off in the place that to trust God you must believe in because um, you have faith. You have a belief, you have a trust, you have an expectation in God. And that because you have that expectation in God, God did not expect, God did not want you just to sit down in one place and have an expectation in, in, in him. So for example, with Abraham, it says, follow me. Walk, sorry, walk before me and be perfect. Now, here, 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 here's, the, here's the thing. Um, so God did not call Abraham to stand still. He called him to, first of all, I'm going to give you A, B, C, D, F, G, H, I, walk before me and be perfect. Now, so Abraham then believed that God had a purpose for him and that God was going to do some phenomenal things in his life. Again, for God's glory, obviously, we never... We, we, we sometimes we don't say that, but we know we must. That's always that's always the criteria. It is all for God's glory. So so Abraham is told by God, "I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to I'm going to give you. I'm going to make you the father of all nations. Walk before me and be perfect." Um, so so Abraham believed all that God said, as as you said, Reese. He believed. So God says something. Abraham believed what God said. God said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Abraham heard him. He believed him. But here's the thing. It's more than believing now. You got to get up and go where God is calling you to go. Because, because, because the blessing that God is going to give you is not in pan, 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 um um, her of the Chaldeans it's somewhere else that you gotta go to occupy that you gotta go you gotta follow you gotta go through you gotta go through some trial where I'm gonna test you and it isn't taking place in her of the Chaldean it's gonna take place in Canaan it's gonna take place in Egypt it's gonna take place in the land of the Ittites and the and those people you know so you so so Abraham, it's gonna take place um to do with the Sodom and Gomorrah. It's gonna take place to do with you and Lot when you and Lot is gonna come into are your your people gonna come into contention and you're gonna have to manifest a kind of a spirit that Lot did not have to manifest because of his immaturity at the time. You're gonna have to take what appears to be worse while Lot takes what appears to be best, you know. And um, and so so God so this is this is a walk before me and be perfect and there's a manifestation of Abraham being perfect. He says, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you take the valley, I'll go to the mountain. You know. And then the Bible said, and yeah, yeah, the choice. Who was the choice really with? The choice was with Abraham. He was the he was the holder. He was the holder one. He was the he was the he was the one that was called. Lot was a follower of Abraham. You know. 
so Abraham could have made the choice. He could have, he could have looked down there in, in Sodom and Gomorrah and see the beautiful lush, like the paradise of Eden. And he could have taken it and say, okay, I choose that. So you can't come with me. You, you go somewhere else. But no, he gave him the choice where you want to go. You, if you turn to the right, I'll turn to the left. If you go down there, I will go up there. So this is where the, the nature of Abraham begins to manifest in the, the action that he's taken when he had the opportunity to choose the best, he chose the worst, so to speak. You know, and so walk before me, God said, and Abraham believed him, and he began to walk before God, and he then began to be perfect. Now, God, now God, God is telling the man to say, you must be perfect. And how do we become perfect? Simply, we, as, as you rightly said, Emily and Reese, it is not us that impute righteousness in ourselves. It is God that imputes it. So God said, walk before me and be perfect. Now, um, what is this? Be, what, how can Abraham be perfect? Simply, he don't. He just, just just obey what God tell you to do. So if God tell you to if God tell you to sit down, sit down. Your you, 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 that's your obedience. You know you don't have to. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to go and, and, and get Agar pregnant. You know that God will do what He's gonna do. You don't. Have, you, you don't have to do no work there, sir. God will do what he will do, yeah? So, so, so that's when, when Abraham and Sarah lost it a little bit, you know, when they started to take action, take um, matters into their own hands, basically, uh, and, um, and cause some confusion in that. But, but it was so walk before me and be perfect. And what is this? And be perfect? Do what I tell you to do. Behave how I tell you to behave. You're not creating the behavior. You're not inventing the behavior. You, 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 I tell you how to behave. I behave good. Be perfect. So, so here's the thing. And so, 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 um, so you're just obeying God, and that fulfills the thing that God expects of you. And God says, and that is righteousness for me, that you obey me that you do what I ask you to do. And the same thing is true, Emily Reese, with Jesus Christ. Um, for us to be perfect with him, well, what we got to do? Whatsoever I command you, do. If you love me, keep my commandments. Do. And that will make you perfect. Obedience to the will of God. And, and here's the obedience, though. It's not grudgingly obedient. It's overwhelmingly wanting to do what the Lord wants us to do. So it's not grudgingly. It's not, it's not like, um, like Amaziah. Amaziah, the Bible says concerning Amaziah. And Amaziah did all that was right in the sight of the Lord. But he did it grudgingly. He did not do it with a perfect art. So... When Abraham told Lot, you choose, Abraham did that with a perfect art. You know, he, he, could, he, you know, he, 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 he opened himself and said, well, if Lot choose the best, I will choose the worst. I'm happy for that. That's a perfect art. You know, and, and it's the same spirit that Jesus would have us to do. So Jesus, used the, Jesus explained it to us. He said, if 
Reese, if Emily asks you for your coat, give her your cloak as well. Mm. If Emily says, go a mile with me, it says, go twain with Emily. You know, if Emily smite you on your right, turn the left also and let her smite you on the left, you know, on the right, you know, whichever way around. You know, that is Jesus said, you know, uh, be perfect. And those are the symbol of perfect. You're not doing the commandment of God grudgingly, seeing how, how close you can walk to the precipice without falling over. You eschew evil. You, you run towards righteousness and you flee from, from evil. That's, that is, that's the nature of the, the work that we, we do for God. And, it, and it's called obey. It's better, obedience is better than, so what, where the obedience is what God said to do, just do it. And that will, and if you do it, God imputes that, God declares that as what he's expecting, and he calls it righteousness, you know. So God sets the bound, he sets the standard of what righteousness is, and he says, if you obey me, I will call that righteousness for you, you know. So, and Jesus is saying the same thing. If you love me, keep my commandments, you know, and, and, that, and, that, and that's it. And so if we say those are, the, you know, and what's his commandment? Freely you have received, freely give. Go ye into all the world. Be kind, be gracious. That was the command. Forgive one another. Love one another. Um, be merciful, you know, to one another. You know, and, and those are his commandments. If you do those things, I impute righteousness unto you. You are righteous. I declare you righteous because you obey what I have told you to obey. Yeah? Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think that's probably a, a beautiful, beautiful place to, to wind you up. Because I think once, I think once people get a grapple of what salvation is and what things are packaged in it, it then begins to allow you to see how the rest of scripture and how God has things works uh, has God God has things working in light of that may just make things just fall into place because the fact that you you're reiterating the fact that like, it did the, the beauty of the obedience that um well, this, this gift of faith gives us is the fact that that theme runs through I don't think there's anywhere you can go in the Bible where um you don't see that thing evident and i guess you could say like with john that it's an exception but the premises that god still asked him to do something yet he's gone through a uh a, a period where he's had to repent but it was the case of okay go and do this and he does there's a, still a sort of struggle of him trying to get his head around the complexity of what god is trying to teach him from there but yeah. The fact that there's this thread of obedience that goes right through and it's all um all that comes to a hill when jesus enters the story it's like he's certainly the uh, the standard of standard of obedience that i think we should all be like attaining for and you do see like through the apostles yeah. they're given some very hard things like that's why i kind of like when it comes to like, the spirit because one of the things i do want to attain is the that, um that unrelenting unshakable faith yeah. that, that um you know the 
Jesus tells them in the in the Oliver discourse that you know you will be, you will be persecuted, you will be arrested, this movie might even be killed, and it, at no stage did they go, oh, actually, you know what? I don't like the sound of this. I'm just going to back out. They're just like, mm-hmm. amen. Well, what you said is true, so let it be so. We'll follow on through. And I think I've yeah. said it before that because of that obedience, we can sit here today or this, uh, this evening and have these yeah. discussions. Yeah, it's because of that because of that obedience that we've got to this, and it's all because of the will of God that's that's allowed that to happen. So. Yeah. Um, I hope that people do come to grapple that. So, say like in another hundred years' time, it can be. Not we don't do it for um, the recognition of man, but to do say it's the um, it's the faithful who um, who are the ones who take that extra step, and yes. then it's the good ones behind that make a record of what the faithful have done. I would hope yes. that we're the ones who are regarded the faithful who regardless of what the end result might be whether it be a case yeah. or um because well we, we know that persecution is certainly um going to happen in one way shape or form um but whatever is laid ahead of us in the the will of god that he has laid out for our lives that like we said yeah we endure to the end regardless of what it is that lays awake to us at the end because yes. we know that we are already, yeah, I personally want to get to that stage where I can fully come to the um, the same conclusion as as Paul when he says to live is Christ and uh, to live, yeah, uh, to live is yeah, to live is Christ. Um, to die is gain, and to die is gain. Like you, you yeah. can't like it's a case we wind up between the two where it's like, oh, you know, I could, I'd love to stay with you guys because you know we're doing a great work here. I can still fulfill this permission, uh, this commission, but should I die? I'm going on to greater things anyway, and I also have the resurrection, um, resurrection of the saints to look forward to. Also, I mm-hmm. want to get to that stage. I don't want it to be a case of, I, I don't want to be a probably a very phrase, <laughs> a snowflake Christian where you know things come and it's just like, oh, you know what? No, I'm going to fold in. No, no, I'm going to press on. I'm going to press on because understand what God is doing in me. Understand His promises. Understand what the end goal is. Understand why the why the Spirit is so willing to do it. So I'm going to walk in the spirit i'm going to walk by faith and whatever lays ahead i know that god's hand is still on me regardless of what is laid ahead of me so i'm just going to walk in it because he has a greater plan and i want to be a part of that yeah i want to be a part of that but i mean i mean um something um just as my final point um and and for me it's like there's also a worldly reward in being obedient it's like the the current um, talking about current themes. One thing that um, makes it easier for me to choose God every time is that the promise of joy. In that you know Jesus is when you're talking about the um, his um, sermon on the mount and he's like blessed is you know blessed is the poor blessed is the and that blessed is happy happy you're happy when you do these things you're happy and when you read through all the um, well not every single. Um, um, letter but when you read through the letters to the churches it's all about joy 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 we're mm. writing these things so you're full of joy you know enjoy these things because joy awaits you know the more you the more you enjoy the more joy you have and so it's not it's not 
there's a joy that this world cannot offer mm. and everyone's seeking for it. All the celebrities are seeking for it. Everyone is seeking for happiness and they can't attain it. Apart from those who obey God, there's a joy that you have that is inexplainable, mm. but it's just always there in the midst of everything. Even in your darkest times, there's a, there's a hope, there's a joy in knowing that, you mm. know, God loves you. God is with you. The creator of the universe is fighting your battles. Yeah. You know, he's there with you in the darkest moments. You know, even if this life ends, there's a eternal joy that awaits. Mm. So it, 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 it's that. And people want to be happy, but they, they don't want to follow God to find the happiness. And the mm. true way to find that joy, it's, it's more than happiness. It's joy to, the, to find that is to obey God. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and that's why my encouragement is always see what the word says and do it, because that's yeah. where you're going to find your liberty. That's where you're going to find your yeah. freedom, your yeah. peace of mind. That's where yeah. you're going to find your joy. All those things God has promised and he's and he's allowed us to experience in this life and then in the life to come. So there's a benefit. There's also a benefit of, of following God. Mm. Our uh, reward, you can be rewarded mm. here as well as in heaven. Mm. Yeah, well, that's what Jesus said in it. He says, "In this life, a hundredfold, <laughs> and in the life to come, eternal, eternal life." You know, um, and, and this is it, Sister Emily. What you're saying there, um, doing what the Word of God says. Now, now here's the thing, though, and to and to and to find and to and to develop and train um, ourselves, our minds to see those sacrifices that we think we make. Um, that is, that that seems to be in conflict of um, the the way that the world system works. To see those things has been joy, has been joyful. And why, why can we ever see sacrificing for God has been joyful? Well, you know, I think it's only big. It's only if we rem, if we if we if we do like what the apostles said, we we know the joy that is ahead for us. You know, so it's almost like when somebody does something negative to you and you can see beyond their negativity and see the the good outcome. And you you probably can even look at them in the face and smile and probably even laugh at them because you see you see what they cannot see. You know, and if we're able to see when we're abused by the sinners and we can see, oh, this is working um, a rich reward for me the way that I handle it, if I handle it graciously as Jesus would, then that is a, there's a following that God as a reward for me from my behavior. And, and again, we come back, we come back, we talk about that. Um, Jesus said, I'll pay every man according to his work shall be. Now, again, that is, that is your, that, you know, that's not, that's, that's my work, you know, M. Reese, just, just being obedient to that's that that is the that's the level of work that he's asking obedience so so when somebody revile you and persecute you instead of you instead of you railing back on them you obey you 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 you, you endure it as a good servant of the lord and, and and just by enduring the hardship that people put against you jesus said you will be rewarded according to your work how you respond in life to the challenges, God will reward you. So if you reward, if you if you respond in a godly way, that 
that honors him, that cause your, your work to be seen and your father in heaven to get glory, you're rewarded. So every man shall be rewarded according to his work. And sometimes we think that the work is, um, is really, is really um, you know, going out on the harvest field. And I'm not saying those are not work, you know, but, but the, the work is, is, is our desire and, and pursuit to follow and to be obedient to the, the commands of God. Be joyful, Jesus said. You know, rejoice evermore. You know, um, you know, um, so suppose Jesus tell us to rejoice evermore, Sister Emily, Brother Reese, and all we ever do is cry, 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 and, and say, woe is me. Uh, are we glorifying God? I, I think, I think, I don't think we glorify God in the eyes of the sinner, but when, when bad things happen to us and we can, we can be resilient in the name of Jesus Christ and rejoice still and don't show animosity and bitterness that these things are happening to us. We glorify God and bless um, Stephen, who in the, 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 the departing of his soul, he's able to say, Father, forgive them, Father, no, not. I bet you that that confounded the beast them that slew him. You know, um, you know um, forgive them, Father, no, not what they do, you know. Um, just like oh Jesus on the cross, you know, Father, forgive them. Father, they don't know what they're doing. You know, they're stupid. They don't know what they're doing. You know, um, so I think the same way when people do bad against us, we need to find the, and it's virtue. It's the virtue of Jesus Christ in us that will enable us to, to bless when we are, to bless those who curse us, you know, to do good to those who do evil to us. We can only do those things because of the grace of God that he bestows upon us, you know? So, um, so yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. to the end of yet another episode. I hope you've enjoyed it thus far, but we're only getting started. We are gearing up to some far more juicy and serious episodes. So we hope you can subscribe to the channel, hit that like button and also hit the notification bell. That way you can be kept up to speed with anything new. I hope you can join in next week with our next episode on the subject of being more Berean. Until next time, take care and God bless.